I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sunshine's ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Good afternoon. It is Tuesday, March 6, 2018, and I hope you're having a great day. So far, it's beautiful outside, uh, and apparently it's supposed to snow tomorrow, so if you were getting used to this spring-like weather, sorry, uh, that's not going to last long. So I guess we're supposed to be getting some snow uh, overnight into the morning. Nonetheless, uh, Thank you for joining us, uh, and uh, today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 14, the longest chapter in Mark, and so in order to help save us some time going through these, we don't want this to be too long, uh, we're gonna tr I'm going to try, no promises, I'm going to try to keep my commentary a little bit shorter than uh, normal just so that we can get through all of this in a, in a speedy manner um, so that we can keep everybody's attention and focus uh, longer. Um, so let's go ahead and get into Mark chapter 14. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him, for they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at the table. A woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always uh, have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So, uh, we have uh, Mary, um, which we know is, um, this is Mary uh, from, I believe it was uh, Matthew's account of this, tells us that this is Mary at the house of Simon the leper. Um, and... Uh, so she brings forth this jar of ointment, very, very expensive, 300 denarii. Now, um, something that we need to understand about this is that a denarii is about one day's wage. Okay, so if, you know, there's 365 days in the year, that's pretty much a year's wage, a year's salary um, of ointment. You know, 300 days of work to buy this. And they scold her. They said, you could have sold that ointment or maybe never even bought it. I mean, you could have sold that ointment and given that money to the poor. Um, and so the question that comes up, and I heard a great message uh, preached by Brother Dan Winkler on this topic called, uh, Didn't Mary Have Cheaper Perfume? Um, and that's really what the heart of this scolding, the heart of the disciples is getting at. 
why this expensive stuff? Why didn't they just use some cheaper stuff? Well, see, Mary was giving her best. This woman was giving literally everything, a year's worth of her money for Jesus to pour this ointment on her feet. And so the application then, of course, we can take away from that is, are we giving enough of ourselves? Or are we, instead of taking the very expensive perfume, settling for a cheaper perfume to give to Jesus? Whether that be in our service to others, uh, our uh, desire to attend services with the, with the body, a desire to fellowship with one another, are we giving our best in our fellowship? Are we giving our best in our service, in our worship? These are all things that we have to consider because Jesus desires the best all the time. And it's been that way from the beginning. God always desired the best of the animals for the sacrifice. We talked about this on Sunday. You know, you didn't bring forward your lamb that has a broken leg because a bear attacked it. And so because that lamb's not going to serve you anything more, you're like, okay, I'll give this one to God. No, God desired the pure, the perfect lamb, not the broken lamb. He wanted the spotless, the pure lamb. And of course, Jesus himself was that lamb on the in the sacrifice that he gave on the cross, which is coming up very soon. Verse 10. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray Jesus to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him, him being Jesus. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they began to be sorrowful and say to him, Oh, there we go. Uh, they became, uh, began to be sorrowful and, and to say to him one after another, is, is that I? Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Now Judas has already met with the chief priests. He's already made the deal. And I can only imagine, I, I picture this again, my brain works in, on a humor scale. Um, I just pictured Judas like reaching forward and dipping his bread in the bowl, just as Jesus says that, and like looking up and just slowly backing away a little bit. Uh, but you know, Judas knows. Judas knows he's talking about him because he's already made the deal. Um, and of course, in Matthew's account, um, Judas denies that it would be him. He says, "Oh, surely not I," uh, just like everybody else says. And so. Um, um, you know, again, Mark's account works as a very good uh, complement uh, to Matthew's account, and, and the other gospel accounts for that matter as well. Verse 22, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, Take this, 
uh, take, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again <clears throat> of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so the Lord's Supper and Mark's account, and um, I believe other accounts kind of paint the same picture, is that it was done during the meal. Uh, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and broke it, and they ate of it, and of course the cup as well. Um, now, the Lord's Supper is something that uh, that we partake of every week, um, as as the early church did as well. They gathered together at the first of the week to um, to partake of the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the Lord's death until He comes, and that is too what we should be doing in our worship. That's the example that was set for us. Um, and that's what we continue to do to this day, as was done in the in the first church um, from the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 until today. Now verse 26, Peter's denial. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they, they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Verse 28 is an important verse. Because before Jesus died, he told his disciples, he told his apostles, after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And if you recall in Matthew's account, after Jesus was raised from the dead, he met and he spoke with um, the women who were outside the tomb, and he told them to go tell the disciples, I'm going ahead to Galilee, I will meet them there. It's almost like Jesus had to tell these, uh, these men multiple times uh, as a reminder, and I think a lot of it has to do with, if we go back and talk about the hard-heartedness of the disciples, was just their lack of belief. And and while they may be listening, they may not understand what Jesus is talking about. Of course, I think in, uh, previously in Mark and in Matthew, when Jesus foretold that he was going to um, be risen uh, from the dead, they didn't understand. Um, and so maybe that's why Jesus had to repeat himself several times. Uh, but Peter here tries to, you know, put on the tough guy coat and say, no way, Jesus, you know, that's not going to be me. I'll, I'll never fall away. Everybody else may, but not me. Even if I have to die, I will not deny you. And as you can see, they all said the same. Uh, Peter seems to be a leader of the disciples, of the apostles. This, you know, not a official position, but people look to him. People look up to him and, and um, repeat after him, it would seem. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Uh, verse 32, And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, farther, uh, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you, or but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? 
Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came to uh, he came the third time, and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Uh, I'm sorry, let me read that again. Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled they being the disciples. So immediately, Jesus you know, has been saying that he was going to be delivered over, that someone was going to betray him, and that they were going to deny him and, and abandon him. And that's exactly what happens. Almost within you know, hours, um, it all comes to fruition. And Jesus says, let the scriptures be fulfilled. Verse 51. And a young man followed him, with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. I've, I've read a lot of commentaries, and the fact that this verse is in here is strange, to say the least. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of meaning behind it. Um, but if, you've, if you ever hear, hear the question, the trivia question, or ever hear the joke um, about the streaker in the Bible, it's Mark 14, 50, 51 through 52. Um, but this young man was the only one to follow Jesus. The only one. And of course, they tried to seize him as well. Um, and he slipped out of his linen cloth and ran away naked. Um, no idea who this is. Um, I think some have posited that it's possibly Mark himself, John Mark, um, being a follower of Christ, and perhaps that's the connection and why it's in here, but we really don't know. Um, so this is one of those questions that I think just kind of floats out there, um, and hopefully a question that someday we can uh, sit around the, 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 the table up in heaven and talk to God about it and say, you know, hey, what about Mark 14, 51 through 52? Why was that put in there? Um, but uh, nonetheless, there it is. Let's continue. 53. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all, all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together, and Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none, for many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. Aha! 
There's an important part of that, and I think it's something that Matthew left out. Um, but Mark's account says that there were false witnesses brought forth, but their testimony didn't agree. Why is that important? Well, it's important because we're looking at four gospel accounts right now. We're in the second one. We just read another. And if these gospel accounts, these are eyewitness testimonies, if they did not agree, then they wouldn't hold water. They wouldn't They wouldn't hold truth. But instead, they absolutely do agree. You have four different... Uh, writers, you have four different uh, perspectives, you have four different audiences, and everything complements one another and is accurate. However, the false testimony and the false witness that was brought forth did not. Verse 57, and some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will uh, build another not made with hands. Yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the, uh, in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Son of Christ? Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, the, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. So, here we have the, the trial of Jesus, really. And um, you notice again that many are bearing false witness. Um, and in verse 57, it says, Some bore up, stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build, a, uh, I will build another not made with hands. Now, Mark lists this as false testimony. Is it false testimony, though? The words they're saying are true. Jesus did say that. But the meaning is not true. The meaning is not the same as what Jesus meant it to be. Um, they were meaning that Jesus was physically going to tear down and destroy the temple and, and, and you know have a physical attack on the temple. And, of course, with that, the Jews could take... They could take that somewhere. They could take that testimony to court. And if you notice the word we. So there's multiple people who made this testimony. And there we have a testimony that agreed. So then um, the high priest asked Jesus to answer to it. But Jesus would not. He, he stayed silent because Jesus would not respond to false witness. He also would not respond to those who did not have authority. But when the question was asked, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? He answers him. He says, yes, I am. And they called it blasphemy. Verse 26. And as Peter was be uh, below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. 
And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, while the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. You know, a lot of people, I think, look at Peter and say, you know, how weak. Not a man of not a man of your word at all. You stood there in the midst of Jesus in the garden, said, or at, at the at the um, at the upper room, and you said, "Lord, I will not deny you. Surely it will not be me. Uh, even though everybody else may fall away, I will not. I would rather die than to deny you." Well, then Peter sees everything that happens to Jesus. Peter sees the beatings. Peter sees the people spitting on him and the abuse, both physical, emotional, and spiritual, that was going on. And Peter turns into a coward. He goes back on his word, and he denies Christ, and he does exactly what Jesus said he would do. Again, there's a lot to digest. There's a lot to uh, to look at there in Mark chapter 14. Again, the longest chapter in Mark. I put a little trivia question in the post text to this. Answer it if you want. It's just for a little bit of fun. Um, but the question is, what is the longest chapter in the New Testament? The longest chapter in the entire Bible is found in Psalm. That's Psalm 119. But what is the longest chapter in the Bible? No Googling. No using search engines. Try to find it. See if you can find it. Um, and again, as w with every video that we put out uh, in these daily Bible studies, please share this video uh, and uh, you know let people um, join in with this study with you. Um, you know, invite them along, um, tell them something that you learned from the study, or just encourage them to to read along with you as you go through uh, God's Word in the New Testament uh, here in 2018. Uh, so I hope today's study was uh, beneficial for you. If you have any questions, you can leave those in the comment section below, or you can reach out privately if you'd like, either through Messenger here on Facebook or via email at info at loveland.church is how you can reach us. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night.